Everyone knows you should never take a physicist to a sci-fi movie. The same can be said about a biologist and a creature feature. We can point out how certain things are biologically unlikely or downright impossible, but that would be boring. So rather than pointing out what can't happen, why not ask ourselves, what if it was real? So using my super nerd levels of knowledge about biology, physics, and mythical creatures, my friends and I will explore how different creatures could have actually evolved on our planet and what they potentially would look like. Welcome back to A Real Creature Feature. My name is Mac. I'm Mike. And I'm Dean. And today we're going to have a special episode because I didn't do any research for this particular episode. It's really starting to show. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dean and Mike will be taking the reins, and I will be judging them harshly for it. Today's episode is on what creature? Well, we decided we went to go see the Dungeons and Dragons movie. It was fantastic. It'll probably be out of theaters by now just because of the fact that this is pretty uh, in advance recording. But go rent it. Go see it if you can. It's really great and it's super fun. In the movie, there was a arena tournament and one of the creatures in it was the Displacer Beast. And we thought it was very interesting and thought we should talk about him because Displacer Beasts are cool. They are very. I uh, I made sure not to refresh myself at all on anything. <laughs> the only information I know about it is from the Monster Manual. Well, I think it was like the fourth edition Monster Manual that I have. And the Dungeon Cast. Episode. Okay, that's upsetting. That picture that you just put up. We've been having a bit of a debate about this. Not me and Dean, but the groups as a whole. Yeah. So I pulled up Forgotten Realms to get a good description of the Displacer Beast as it is. Mm-hmm. So, Displacer Beasts are large cat-like creatures, sometimes described as panther or puma-like, and this is the part that's up for debate, with six legs and a pair of tentacles five feet long sprouting from their shoulders. In the movie, you can't tell that the Displacer Beast has six legs, and illustrations seem to debate the same fact. <laughs> so there are some that show it with six legs, some of them show like six full active legs. Some show it with four full active legs and two almost like vestigial legs. And then at least in the movie, if Displacer Beast had the second set of legs, which is falls right in the middle of like just behind the, fir- the front legs. Yeah. But uh, if they had that in the Dungeons and Dragons movie, the Displacer Beast had six legs. Uh Definitely had them, like, curled up way into their ribcage, because you could not tell. Nope. Yeah. It it really looked like it only had four legs. Yeah. Because that was kind of why we were trying to stick with the hexapodal theme, because it has... Because then we figured four legs, two tentacles. Yeah. Hexapodal. Yeah. But that's okay. Fine. We can be an octopod. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking up at some pictures from the movie. It... Like, how they have it just, like, yeah, having it, like, sitting or, like, w- how it's moving, it it's really hard to tell. The When I first realized that a Displacer Beast could potentially have six legs was this picture of a of a uh, Displacer Kitten. The eyes kind of freaked me out because, like, from a distance, like, from when I'm not, like, looking at it right away, um, 
It's I can't tell if its eyes are crossed or like what what's the opposite of crossed? Um, uh, lazy, kind of, I guess. Yeah, double lazy eye. Hey, mom, the cat's back. That weird cat hanging out. The weird cat. Get Luna inside. For uh, Hasbro, actually, is releasing an action figure of the Displacer Piece Two. It's like gonna ha- it had already there already have like the Beholder, Owl Bear, and the Displacer Piece, and the Displacer Piece in here. At least they do have it that has six le- six legs. Yeah, I mean that seems to be at least according to the Monster Manual, it's supposed to have six legs. Um, with the center ones basically being designed as seemingly part of they don't they're not active except for when they're going into full run and that seems to be about the only time they seem to be used at least in illustrations no idea how they work in any other way but that's besides the point um because you know we really cared more about this next part of it uh the tentacles end with sharp horny edges Ooh, yeah they remind me they remind me of like a comb not a comb a brush yeah uh, they're brownish yellow in color. Um, they're covered in a pelt of blue-black fur. They are usually around 9 feet long and weigh as much as 500 pounds, but the occasional mutant can be twice this size. Which, fine, mutation, whatever. It's D&D. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. Female displacer beasts are generally smaller in size, from 8 to 9 feet in length and weighing 450 pounds, as if they're much smaller. It was believed that displacers could live up to 100 years. Well, maybe at that size, though. You better... <laughs> yeah. They better be They better be good hunters. Yeah, it's definitely one of those, well, magic. Yeah. In some breeds, they appear thin as if emaciated. The creatures have striking gr- emerald green eyes that glowed with malevolence. The green radiance continues even after the creature's demise. Ooh, magic eyes. And that's about it, because then it just goes into different, like, not really much detail about the idea that there can be different species, like small species traits. Um, and sometimes there's larger and bigger varieties known as uh, pack lords, which is like, again, falling into that pack mentality that we used to believe existed because we only studied wolves in captivity. Yeah. So. The Omega Alpha. Yep. Myth. Yeah, that, that one, yeah, annoying. Yeah. Although, this is interesting. Uh, the Pack Lords are a mutation of the regular Dispatia Beast with slightly higher intelligence, on par with a human, allowing <laughs> them to lead other Displacer Beasts. Uh, Makes sense. So, I mean, four or six legs, other than the fact that it changes it from a hexapod to a octopod, I, there's not really much of a difference between what a... Uh, between what we were really going to discuss when it came to the Displacer Beast, because the main thing is its abilities and the fact that it has these two tentacles that come out of its back. Yeah. Um, That's the main idea that we really want to get into, because, I mean, again, we've already talked about the idea of what, you know, being hexapodal is. Yeah. So, in reality, what we're really trying to do is go over what it can do and why it can do. Um. You know, because obviously Puma with tentacles. <laughs> but the Displacer Beast has the the innate magic ability to bend light, making them appear between one feet to three feet from their actual positions. The same ability made them resistant to all ranged attacks and excellent at hiding. The light bending effect has ca- was caused by molecular vibrations 
generated by specialized nerves located only in the outer layers of the displacer beast's skin. The vibrations were too fine to be noticed by the naked eye, but were enough to bend light and create an illusion of the beast's body. Sages believed that the ability was unconscious for the beast, but they could direct the illusionary image at will. Now, that's not how they portray it in the movie, which is really interesting. Because how they portray it in the film, like, I think as a visual effect for people to see it, they almost do it like an illusionary holographic light projection coming out of the tentacles. Oh. And they can do it around a corner, you know? Yeah. At one point, somebody's backed into a corner facing the, let's just say, the right L, and they're seeing the beast coming straight towards them while the real beast is coming from their left to them. And they don't notice until they that creature is in full sight. At least how the movie portrays it is, it's not like it's displacing the light around it. It's just creating an illusionary double of itself. So it's not not it's so it's not like Predator, but it's yeah. kind of like uh um oh what's it, Total Recall yeah where it had that yeah that weird projector yep oh absolutely um which is I mean it's fine I thought it was a good effect and it worked really well as far as visually yeah, yeah. making it work it's it works for the movie it doesn't necessarily change the ability of the Displacer Beast just how it is portrayed you know versus how the game manual describes it, which is fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause the best thing about D and D and Pathfinder and like anything like that, that anything for like role-playing it's like, uh, if you don't like something, change it and you're fine. Cause nobody cares except if you're a really, a really OCD about it. Okay, dude. Cause I think it was like fourth edition. I was listening to, um, the dungeon cast. They were talking about this. Fourth edition really went into like explaining like everything, but then fifth edition they pulled that back and they were like, "Hey, you do whatever you want. Here's the basics of the information." Yeah, and if you want it more, hey, there is still fourth edition that you can. Yeah, which I think kind of works because then it it makes for more fun homebrewing than it does if you want to be that person. So the big thing is obviously. Um, there is one other thing about this beast. Um, displacer beasts are considered fey creatures. We're not going to do that though, because um, every time I feel like every time I feel like I'm trying to get away from fair, you know, fey realm, it seems to keep trying to pull me back in, and I'm not going to do that this time. So magic just isn't a factor that we wanted to include in this. The idea is just trying to make a creature that can potentially exists given the correct given enough evolutionary time but then you have to come up with a reason why it would even have to do some why it would even grow some of these things yeah and for the sake of this uh my original idea for other than the fact again stupid tail on the displacer beast i've always felt like at least the tentacles themselves because they don't have to do things like primate tails where it has to grip it just has to essentially you know, lift and move like an octopus tentacle. My original thought was the idea, if some point having these tentacles would have been advantageous for, you know, certain prey hunting, you know, other than creating the illusion, um, they would instead create the illusion and 
Dean, if you actually want to take this part about how the illusion would be created. Mm -hmm. So with uh, many uh, predators, I know with bears, they're omnivores. Mm -hmm. And so I thought one of the things that the displacer beast could have um, become accustomed to was specifically eating. There is a mushroom. Uh, the Am Amida mus mus muscari, uh, copy Amanita muscari, scaria, Amanita muscari, the fly fungus. Yes, the fly fungus, the classic. You know, when you look at cartoons or illustrations, these are the mushrooms with the red cap that has the white polka dots all over the top. I was thinking um that the displacer beast uh would consume these mushrooms and store up the um pores but is it the pores from the mushrooms that does it uh, whatever well what what it well it doesn't matter so what does what do these mushrooms do so anyways these mushrooms if you eat it you um I believe it does some other serious things, but there's this common uh, thing called the Alice in Wonderland syndrome that you get once you consume these. And it gives you the Alice in Wonderland effect where things are not the right sizes, where you'll sometimes, after eating this, you'll see... Uh, it messes with your perception of proportion. Yep makes things smaller and make things bigger and it's the toxicity of this plant so toxicity means once you've imbibed it not necessarily the spores from it psychoactive uh constituent the musical mole i am butchering these words today it's okay um but i can't say anything i generally do <laughs> but this is one of the chemical change chains that once it's imbibed will cause your body to have a react with um react with the whole uh, dysphoria of seeing things that are small be bigger and bigger things be small and that actually would be interesting because then uh depending on the region because it's they've already it's already been established that they're not dumb creatures so it could be yeah and then if you do have it that it could be the uh, regional debate uh based there are different types of mushrooms that can can do different things depending on what it is because like what was it mescaline yep that will give you some a lot of different things too so yeah that's actually uh, that is a very interesting uh idea about it that it's not actually displacing you or anything like that it just make it's confusing your perceptions yeah. And that's and that's why I was like I sort of I don't know if cats are semi omnivorous, but like I said, my inspiration was a bear and it would store up these toxins in the roots of its tentacles and those hooks would actually spray out the toxin. Yeah. It's not that bad because that's also kind of what happens with like monarch butter butterflies. They eat the milkweed and they become toxic because of that, rather than them making it themselves. And there's a lot, you know, there's 
underwater creatures that they don't actually bioilluminate, but they've collected and germated specific bacteria in different organs to glow. So there's a lot of things in nature that use other things as a benefit to them. Symbiotes. Oh, and then if it could be that it's actually not like they uh, ate it either, it could be like that they become a symbiote. Yeah. So that they actually, the the fungus lives in those spiky pads. Yeah, that was uh, that was part of what my thought process was, that either if it doesn't eat and absorb the spores themselves, it could, they could just collect them off of the, collect them on the pads and then let them grow on there to become their own. And that was why I was thinking that, you know, we had done the, the Gorgon, she actually spat something from her eyes that would cause a person to go catatonic or petrified. So I was thinking along the same lines that that would be something that it would use the toxins. Yeah. I mean, it could definitely went in a different direction. My, because what I was thinking was like weird meta materials. (laughs) Yeah. If you've seen the, like the person that made a shield that made him invisible. Okay, yeah, it's the only thing I think of. Yeah, no, and it's yeah, and that's where our thought process went. It's not the idea of, especially because in so many of these, especially in D and D, it's that thing of magic can explain away so much, and that's just not as much fun as seeing. Well, some of this stuff does exist in reality. There is nothing about other than the fact that it has so many limbs. There is nothing about the Displacer Beast that doesn't already exist at least in some parts somewhere in our world toxic you know? toads yeah it would just it would just have to find that niche to fill itself in you know like as a predator this is how it hides itself from its prey or it makes itself look like or else it gives it that it you know it makes a you know gives it a psycho trip makes it like trip out and be like ruins its perception be like oh it's over there and you know oh you know the predator's over there. I'm going to book it this way, and that's where it wants you to go. And, you know, maybe it doesn't even need to control you that much either. It just needs to confuse you enough that you don't know what to do. That you don't go in the right direction. Yeah. Most cats are ambush predators anyways, so if they're able to hide, make you think that it's coming from a different direction, then bam! Pounce! Yep. And that could be another, depending on the length of the tentacle, it could trick you into running the wrong direction just by creating enough movement that you don't know where to go. Then it's already under the effect of the psychotropic drug. Its perception is messed up and now it's hearing sounds and doesn't know whether or not if that sound is something else. And it will react to that with a fight or flight response. So um, uh, this is a thing about with like a lot of different predators. So if a mountain lion is really close to you, what you should do is not run because it's not going to help, but to act like a big predator. And that's because a lot of times predators are kind of lazy. Not, not in the, not in a bad way. Like what, I'm, but like it sounds like when you say that get a job predators, it's more of a, if, if it's too much work to go and hunt for a particular thing, they'll go for something easier. Hence why they go for the weakened prey, the everything else. So this also, this could do is prevent it from, from being um from the thing fighting back oh yeah i know because that's like wolf packs they 
you know, when they when they're on the hunt, they're not looking for the spry ones. They're going after the old and the slow ones. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's a lot of where that came from. The only thing I had some difficulty with is obviously it would be hard because it has to essentially almost start with these tentacles. But at some point it would have had to have used those for something in that point to fill in that need beforehand. And I, I got one for you. OK, it's uh, they start off as basically little jets, squirting jets. Think think like Blastoise. OK, yep. And then uh, and then it, they start to grow and develop. And then they're like, so then they become more pointy, like so they can aim better and then slowly develop into these kind of things. Because the best thing about that, it's again, it's because I was what would start. How would you start just having tentacles? And I'm like, well, just something randomly happened. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. But I'm like, but because of how action works, it, you you start with something and then you can parallelly grow things. So it's like it starts with the squirty and then it's like, oh, but they keep going bigger and bigger and bigger. And then that allows it that because it's a, a parallel gr- development. Yeah. Nice. And you said you didn't know what to do at all. Yep. And I'm and I'm happy that you guys figured something else like this, because I like I said, I didn't I it didn't nothing popped in my head. Well, because when we knew that it was supposed to be illusionary magic that it created, we said, well, there are things that can you not you can't necessarily control the illusion like a displacer beast could. But there are things that we can do that can change your perception. And Dean and I were immediately on that same page. And I had just watched a video and it somebody was talking about this particular mushroom. And, you know, it's a classic mushroom. And I grew up knowing don't eat nature's mushrooms unless you know they are safe. Because there's one, uh, I can't remember if it's called the ghost mushroom. But there is a particular mushroom that you eat it and you feel sick and then you bounce back. But what had happened was whatever's in that mushroom had just destroyed your RNA. And so you feel good and then you're you just fall apart. Yeah, there is. a. I don't know which one that is either. But yeah, it's you feel really bad for a couple of days. Then all of a sudden you feel great. And then the next day you die. And I mean, it's the same thing that uh, it's a similar thing that happens with some people who get uh, radioactive poisoning where where they'll feel sick, they'll bounce back. But what's happened is the their inside of their bones is all mush, so they can't produce uh, white blood cells anymore and various other things. And they just die of something else it's it's the nobody dies of cancer kind of you die of something else that killed you because your immune system or aids you never you nobody dies of AIDS because your immune system is just shot so something else attacks you and kills you yay i always feel like though looking at like looking at the displacer beast it's one of those things that as fantastical as the beast is it's it's definitely something that can exist that could have existed in our world given the right niches yeah but unlike this boy look at him big six pod kitten and it's not the first time animals in nature have figured out weird things yeah like there were some monkeys who 
figured out a way to or they would they would wait for certain figs to start to rot. Yep. And then they would eat those figs and become drunk. It's not like it's not like we didn't do that either. <laughs> this milk has been sitting out for a couple of days. It's got blue veins in it. Let's eat it. Now, obviously, being a fictional beast, it, it comes in many varieties and shapes and sizes. It's like in the snow plains, they have white displacer beasts, and in uh, some in some more arid areas, they're very emaciated. Um, well, is it emaciated or is it more like a cheetah? Um, well, let me put it this way: it could be a cheetah if it wasn't like so. Like I don't know, because yeah, I guess if like you can see the so like yeah. super easy. That's when you'd consider it emaciated. Well, this is uh, well. If you uh, actually load up the screen share that I have, if, I don't know if Dean, you can. Oh, that's what that live one is. Yeah, yeah, that's one from the monster manual, and yeah. Okay. Emaciated, just because where are its organs? Uh, no, nowhere to be seen. And then its back legs are like its upper, its thighs. That's where the organs live. <laughs> the organs live in where the thigh muscle would be. Uh, I guess so. It's got two sets of ribs. Yep. Oh, I mean, hey, if you ever want to study it, if you ever want to study the skeletal structure of a displacer beast, there you go. Yeah. So it looks like the tentacle lives between, like, this one's really odd because it looks like it takes almost like a shoulder blade, like right here, like almost takes like the shoulder blade, extends it out, and then tentacles out. Yeah, because I'm like, this, this, like on the top, it, like where the, like the shoulder blade and the, tentacle attached it kind of looks like there's a bone joint yeah it's really weird looking and i would not see that happening at for me it would feel more like almost as if um sometime in nature because of how like you were saying that like with the black like with those blasting pedals it would be something that comes almost either directly out of the spine and then is protect or as like a fin like structure would been like almost attached to a rib and then split out you know, but that's just a little too, that's a little too far for my taste. Well, besides the fact that it has no internal organs. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Artistic yeah. license. I believe this is called heroin chic in the Displacer Beast community. <laughs> Ooh, I remember when that term came yeah. around. That, that was, that was heroin. the 90s, baby. And see, look at this one. Four limbs, you know, four limbs. There's no one in agreement on how many limbs a Displacer Beast should have. The, uh, this one definitely looks more panther, like yeah. cat-like. Yep. I was actually trying to get over to the snow, to the snow uh, displacer beast. Nice. Yeah, this one definitely has different ears too. Yeah, but I mean that could also be again regional variations depending on oh, yeah. where they grow, like humans. Do. Yeah. It's all about that region. I mean, it makes sense that you would end up with some regional variations. Yeah. Movie displacer beast. Honestly, the screen yeah. caps are not great. They're, no, well, they're, I mean, it looks so much better in the theater, though, because you can really see, like, there's some really beautiful detail on the CG for that. Yeah, because right now, yeah, it's just, these are, yeah. or somebody took a picture in a theater. Uh, this movie rips. But yeah. uh, the one, oh, that one's pretty good. Yeah. See, I like that. It looks like uh, they have more finger-like toes rather than, like, um, oh, uh, yeah, finger-like toes rather than how cats are. Yeah. Uh, where they have kind of more. I don't know how to describe what they're like because they don't have fingers. Yeah, it it almost feels like it's the Y in that center area is like to me, it would almost be like even if it pounces on its enemy, like would it then pounce and then use those middle ones to claw at it to take it down? I would. Well, if I was designing something, yes, I would 
have like think about uh the second pair of arms from the prawns from uh just yeah it was like something that like you you would have those secondary arms to serve a different purpose because it was like or um the dugs from star wars yeah so the how they have like they basically have two sets of arms rather than two rather than having legs yeah because they use, can use both for different things so like they can still use their arm their hand feet and then their other hand feet <laughs> yeah i was like maybe one is for like more detail work and yeah. like that well and see it all depends on what it's there to function for it's kind of like i mean other than i still don't believe that tyrannosaurus arms are that small well they were yeah well you could see it that's a, that's a, <laughs> you know what yeah okay um, we got really sidetracked. Uh, okay, we got we got what we needed. We got what we needed right in the beginning. We got basically thirty to forty minutes of stuff. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, so I mean, if we want to just bring it back home, I mean, yeah, cute little dinosaurs with lips. No, displacer beast. Displacer beast. Displacer beast could be real. Could be real. <laughs> we came up with a cool way to give it to give it its illusory power that could yeah. fall into reality. You know, if it just it just get, it just gives you heavy psychedelics to freak you out, man. Freak you out, man. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but yeah, that's a good idea. I enjoyed that one. I mean, I think it's, you know, going from you for going from the original text of I'm not don't know what to do to, hey, good job. You see, you figured it out. Yeah, you did a better job than I did. So there now we get a treat. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. I I mean, when we saw it, I'm like. I'm like, I cannot, like, Dean and I literally the next day were, like, when we said we would do this, I said, I still can't believe he couldn't figure this out himself. Like, mm -hmm. Well, it's also, like, within five minutes of me thinking. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't know what to do with this. And well, it's also kind of like uh, like the story of uh, how Elmo became Elmo. No idea. Like, so Elmo was uh, created, uh, I can't remember by who, but the guy who, like, the guy who was like famous for being Elmo, yeah, wasn't the first person to use that puppet. Oh. No, he was the second one. The first one treated Elmo as more Came of out. a and and deeper voice, and then the guy that most people grew up with as Elmo came in and treated him like a three or four year old. Yeah, Kevin Clash. But yeah, and it was um yeah the first guy was like. I don't know what to do with this guy. Bah, you try it. And he was talking to that yeah, Kevin, Kevin Clash. And he was just like, well, you just approached it. Same thing with like uh, different, com like once again, comics. It's there are a lot of um, uh, writers that are good writers that have just written some shit. Yeah. Sometimes you just the different. You just come at it at a wrong angle. Yep. Not me, though, baby. We got we got this. It's in the bag. I, I came at it thinking of like just uh, cat. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we approached it as if it was a, if it was a predator with tentacles like this and knowing what its abilities are supposed to be, what gives it that ability that already exists? And we, we reverse engineered a displacer beast based around what we understand. Cause we're like, it's poo it's puma. It's gonna, it's gonna attack us like a puma when it's time. Also not realizing it had technically could have eight limbs, but we're going to eh. we're going to blame those. We're going to blame that on, you know, illust bad illustrations or good illustrations. Who knows? Who cares? It's fiction. 
It's fictional. Let's have the fun. So what are we going to discuss next time? Dean had a very specific idea in mind. And what's that, Dean? When pigs fly. Pigs fly. Well, then I guess we're going to be talking about flying pigs, aren't we? Hmm? Winged, Mm. winged piggies. Mm-hmm. Delivering, will they? delivering miracles. Or will it? I don't know. Will they be? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, now, well, now I'm excited to see what he thinks. All right. Yep. I've had it with this room and everyone in it. I'm leaving. You're the only one in that room. I know. I hate myself. <laughs> I hear you. All right. I'm yeah. heading out. All right. You, yep. Me too. Yep. Bye. 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 Love you. Love you. A Real Creature Feature is created by Matt Kuklinski, starring Matt Kuklinski, Michael Seaman, and Dean Snow. Any questions, comments, artwork, or general inquiries can be sent to realcreaturefeature at gmail.com. You can view any submitted fan art and pictures on our Instagram at a real creature feature. Some episodes were recorded weeks in advance due to our current sporadic recording schedule. Any comments left will be seen and addressed at some point, and you will be credited unless you tell us you wish to remain anonymous. If you like the podcast, please leave a review on the podcast app that works best for you. It really helps us out. Also, tell your friends, enemies, and total strangers about the podcast. They might enjoy it too, and that can bring us all closer together. There are so many things that I, like when, whenever you talk about with like anthropology and everything else, you're just like, how did humans figure this? And it's so much of it was, well, Bob didn't die. So I guess we can keep trying. Sounds about right. It was like, or uh, there's always those jokes about like teen, like teenage kids. There's always those like smoking oregano or anything like that. And there are so many times when people were just like, they've smoked so many different random things. And you will hear stories probably still of people trying these things and smoking it and dying. Just it's the same basic concept. Just like, I wonder what happens if I do this. Well, it's it's the fine line between being a scientist and a crazy person, because that's the that's kind of the you're a scientist if you live (laughs) and write things down. Yes, and write things down. Uh, you're, but... you're a Darwin Order recipient if you die. Exactly. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, the, the fine line between genius and insanity is like, well, there's also other things. There's a lot of other fine lines. Well, the fine line between genius and insanity is a billion dollars. Uh, yeah. Other people who have been trying things, it's like, don't, for your illicit drugs... Please don't call them something that can be bought at Walmart because (laughs) it's something entirely different. Because people start smoking that. And that becomes very dangerous because they turn into cannibals. Oh, wait. We're talking Uh, bath salts? Yeah, bath salts. Yeah. Okay. Because for a while, you know, somebody ended up calling, I don't know if there's a type of meth or whatever, they were calling bath salts. And then somebody got it into his head. Oh, bath salts. They got those at Walmart. And of course I'll smoke those. Is that actually what happened in the in that situation? Uh, I knew about the dude who was it was it the dude bit off his wife's face? It, it might might not have been that exact case, but you know, I believe bath salts was originally a street name for another drug. Alright, let's see here. Oh, oh synthetic Catherine known as what yeah, because I remember 
I, I recent like it was months ago, but yeah, people were talking about different things, and I kept getting different because I I was I heard that it was like synthetic something, yeah. but then I heard somebody else was like, oh well, no, it's like this, and I'm like, I did not have the actually. Oh, this is actually interesting. So. Synthetic cathinones, more commonly known as basalts, are human-made stimulants chemically related to cathinone, a substance found in the cat plant. Cat is a shrub grown in East Africa and Southern Arabia, where some people chew its leaves for their mild stimulant effect. Ah, humans-made versions of cathinone can be much stronger than the natural product, and in some cases, very dangerous. Like face-biting. Okay, ew. Well, I can see why they call them bath salts, though, because they come in either white or brown crystal-like powder. Mm. All I know with a lot of drugs is uh, never take crocodile. And don't look up pictures of what happens to people who take crocodile. Well, now you've... Do they get scaly skin? Oh, yeah, that, and then their skin starts falling off. I saw, I've seen pictures where, like, you can see they're exposed. Ah, hello, crocodile It's like, it was like five times stronger than meth. And it was like really, it like started in uh, East Russia. So it gives, so it gives homies the grayscale, then, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Meth, no. oh meth. 